Today's scripture reading is Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, in this way stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. Philippians 4.1. Michelle, thank you so much for doing our reading. Wow, it's been fun watching you grow up in the church and go from the youth group and getting married and having your own family now. Such a blessing. So good. I want to remind you, as Pastor Pete said, that we will have an in-person service next Saturday. It's 4th of July. Why don't you come here at 5 o'clock in the service for one hour and just celebrate your freedom in Christ with us. And you'll still have time for all the other things you might be able to do on the 4th, but we'd love to have you here in person next Saturday. And then, of course, we'll be online on Sunday the 5th. Would you pray with me? Lord, in a world that is unstable, you are our foundation. In a world that's not sure what the truth is, that makes mistakes and false predictions, you are our truth. And Lord, all your predictions come true. Lord, in a world that is struggling with pursuing health and trying to find it, You bring us complete, eternal health, the forgiveness of our sins in a perfect body someday. And we thank you that you are the source of that health. Lord, in a world of injustice, in a world of mistreatment, in a world of bigotry, you are a God of unity. You are a God of unconditional love who loves all of us the same, and who made all of us special and beautiful and for a purpose. And Lord, we ask you to be glorified, not just in us, but through us and the way we treat one another. Lord, reveal to us things in ourselves that maybe we haven't seen that are being exposed to what's going on in the world. Ways that we could more fully Represent Jesus Christ to those around us. Help us to love well, not just in our hearts, but with our hands and our feet and with our tongues. Lord, as we look into your word today, we invite the Holy Spirit to be our teacher and that he would do that miraculous thing that every single person watching, wherever they are in the world, would have the Holy Spirit touch their heart with this message. May the Holy Spirit fill me now. May Christ be magnified and lifted up. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, I, I miss you. I really miss you. I miss hearing your voices in the sanctuary here as we, we worship together. It's been fun coming on Saturday and, and hearing some people worship with us. And if you're able to come at an in-person service, we'd love to have you come because I miss hearing you sing. I, I miss looking at your faces as I preach the sermon and, and maybe seeing a smile or laughter like I say something and I don't know if it's funny because no one's here to laugh and I've asked the, the stream team as we call them if they're sitting in the service to at least laugh a little bit and on Saturday night last night people had masks on I go, could you just give me a thumbs up because I can't even see if you're smiling or not. <laughs> I kind of miss that. I even miss those of you who had trouble staying awake. <laughs> during the sermon. 
I miss your handshakes. I miss your hugs. I miss the kiss on the cheek. And probably most of all, I, I miss your children. I miss seeing our kids come running up on the stage uninhibited, enthusiastically. And when I ask them questions, having them speak with such transparency and without inhibition and giving the erudite answers and sometimes quite humorous as well. The list of things that I miss could go on and on. And so as I open my Bible and turn to the next verse in our series in Philippians, where the Apostle Paul is talking about how he feels toward the church that he's separated from in Philippians 4.1, I was overcome with emotion because the first time I could relate to what Paul was writing. In Philippians 4.1, he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, whom I long to see, my joy and crown, so stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. And because each Greek word in the original writing can be translated several different ways, and the words have many different nuances, as the Apostle Paul writes, the translator has to decide which translation to use of a particular Greek word, because he can't use all the nuances, and he has to pick one. And so we are left with an accurate translation in the English, but it's incomplete. And that's why when a pastor like myself or another pastor makes reference to the Greek, we are not in any way belittling the translation that someone else has done. We are just wanting to provide a fuller understanding of the meaning of these words. And I'd like to think that since God knows Greek, <laughs> and since God had it written in Greek, we don't have to limit ourselves to just one meaning of the word. It could mean he wants us to understand the whole spectrum of that word. In addition, those of you who have read a passage over and over, you become familiar with that passage, and you kind of feel like you know it because the words are familiar. So if you look at a different translation of the same passage, sometimes it opens up your mind and your heart to understand and to hear and to see things that you had missed. So as we come to Philippians 4.1, I'd like to read to you my translation from the Greek, not saying that it's better than anyone else's, but saying that it's an accurate translation of what Paul's saying. It could also be translated this way. So, my dearest and longed for family, my happiness and my reward. So hold your ground in the Lord, dearest. And as you read it that way, you see the tenderness that the Apostle Paul has for his family, his church family, that he longs for and he misses. But he gives them some advice to hold their ground. It's important to understand that this verse, chapter 4, verse 1, follows, of course, chapter 3, where the Apostle Paul has gone very deep into theology about our salvation. And then he abruptly shifts his tone, and where he's gone deep into theology, now he goes deep into his heart, and he exposes his heart. 
And I want to remind you that the Apostle Paul is writing a letter. And he didn't use chapter and verse. We added those later to help us find things. And the chapters were added in the 13th century, the chapter divisions. And in the 16th century, we added the verse divisions. So I could say, turn to chapter 4, verse 1 of Philippians. But Paul is writing a letter, and so we need to read it as Paul wrote it, with fluidity, without stopping, without a break at chapter 4, verse 1, to realize that it's connected to chapter 13. Now you recall last week, or chapter 3, and you recall that in chapter 3, we looked at our salvation, our threefold salvation. And we looked at it in depth, and I want to just briefly go over the outline just so you'll see the connection with chapter 3 into chapter 4. We saw that our salvation first starts with theologians called justification, and then sanctification is the second stage, and then the third stage is glorification. And justification is where you were saved from the penalty of sin. And that happened sometime in your past, when you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. You were declared righteous. Now, you still sin. You still have sin in your flesh. But from a legal standpoint, God declared you righteous. And that means if you were to die, and when you die, you can go to heaven because you've been declared righteous by the judge you've been justified. Now, the second stage of our salvation is called sanctification. That's the process we're in now. And that's when you're saved from the power of sin in your life. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome the power of the flesh, your sinful flesh and the temptations of the world, and the devil. And this is something that's happening in your present. It should be happening right now on a daily basis as you walk from justification, walking through your sanctification, headed toward the third stage, which is glorification. And glorification is when you are saved from the very presence of sin. It won't be around you. It won't be in you. You'll never think a sinful thought. You'll never perform any type of sinful deed. Again, you'll be glorified. And this will happen in your future when you are made righteous. Made righteous when you are made like the resurrected Jesus Christ. And like I said, after Paul went deep into theology in chapter 3, he goes deep into his heart in chapter 4, verse 1. And chapter 4, verse 1 is actually the conclusion of what he's been talking about in chapter 3. And that's why some translators translate chapter 4, verse 1, starting with the word, therefore. It's a conclusion of what he talked about. You don't just start, therefore, it's tied in to chapter 4, or chapter 3. They're tied together. And in chapter 3, verse 21... The Apostle Paul finishes up this section about our salvation with a crescendo, with the prize, with the goal of our salvation. And he says in verse 21, who, speaking of Jesus, will transform the body of our humble state. That's the body you have now. It's in humble state. And he'll transform it into conformity with the body of His, of Jesus' glory. A glorious body transformed. And how can he do that? Well, he does it by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. And the Apostle Paul writes, since you have such a glorious future ahead of you, since you have such a triumphant experience to look forward to, 
The Apostle Paul says in chapter 4, verse 1, hold fast. Stand firm in the Lord. Maintain your sanctification because of your future glorification. There's a lot going on right now. Times are hard. They're confusing. They're extremely stressful. For some people, they're quite devastating. But that's no reason to bail on God. In fact, that's all the more reason to hold fast to your faith. Through prayer and Bible reading, attending church online or in person when you can, connecting with your small group. In fact, you need to hold fast more now than ever before. As the times get harder, the more we need to stand our ground. The Apostle Paul ties together our glorious future with our challenging present. And that brings us a beautiful and practical principle, and that's this, number one. Let your future reality provide present stability. Let your future reality of what you're going to be in Christ, glorified in your glorification, provide present stability to help you hold fast, to stand your ground right now. One reason COVID-19 has been so emotionally devastated is that it so abruptly changed everyone's future. And for most of us, that change has been extremely dissatisfying. Unless, of course, you happen to own Amazon, then maybe it's a good thing. But graduations and proms canceled or changed in some way that has not been very pleasing. You've worked so hard going through school after 12 years, and your reward is, sorry, <laughs> we can't hand this to you in person and honor you. Weddings have been postponed, vacations booked, and now canceled. And people depressed and disappointed. Elective surgeries have been postponed, and perhaps health has gotten worse. Paychecks diminished, paychecks ended, jobs ended. I've talked to people in Kailua who have lost or are losing their business because they're no tourists and they can't maintain paying the rent. And a business they've worked their life building has collapsed. Retreats and camps and children's programs and vacations, Bible school, not happening. And that's not what we expected for our future. And in Uganda, our friends tell us, people are literally starving to death. They can't get food. The uncertainty about the future, coupled with more predictions of the future getting even worse, when you look at the predictions, they say, well, it's going to get worse economically, and it's going to get worse medically. And the Washington Post, who you can trust just as much as perhaps any other media, says that we're going to have a mental health crisis in the world. Post-traumatic stress disorder, suicide, substance abuse, depression, and on and on. And that's depressing. <laughs> so Paul says, hold fast. Don't worry about your uncertain near future. Rejoice in your guaranteed glorious future with Jesus Christ. Because the perfect future awaits you as a follower of Jesus. So you should let your future reality provide you present stability during this difficult time. Listen, 
What if this is it? I've often asked, will the last generation before Christ returns for his church to rapture them, will the last generation of Christians know they're the last generation? I don't think we're going to know. I think when Jesus comes and calls his church and we go to be with him, if we're the last generation, we're going to wish we had lived as if we were the last generation. And what if this is it? I mean, I know every generation thinks that the last generation, and the Apostle Paul thought he was the last generation, but I think we're the last generation, and I'm 2,000 years righter than the Apostle Paul. <laughs> There's more chance we're the last generation than the Apostle Paul's generation. What if this is it? I mean, the world has never been in a better position to want a benevolent world leader who will fix the economy, who will help us all get along with each other, who will take care of the, the, uh, the law enforcement side of things, who will help us get along, someone who's benevolent and kind and who will fix the world. And the scriptures tell us there'll be someone like that. And he'll turn out to be the Antichrist. Before he's exposed as the Antichrist, God takes his church and takes them out of the world for their glorious future. Because we don't have to be here for the Antichrist. We don't have to be here for the tribulation because we have been rescued from God's wrath. So we don't go through it. What if this is it? The Apostle Paul writes, stand firm. Hold your ground. We could be it. And he writes this. He says, do this, my dearest. Do this, my long-for family. You are my happiness and my reward when Jesus comes back. So hold fast. The future is glorious. So let your future reality provide present stability. Now as you read this text in verse 1, we can glean a second principle from what the Apostle Paul writes. He, he opens up his heart and he writes to the church that he loves and that he misses. And the second principle we have is this. Missing people is good and hard. It's good to miss them. It reminds us of how much we love them and how much we need them and how important they are to us. How special they are when we miss them. But it's hard to miss them. It heightens one's appreciation for others. It heightens that appreciation. But the Philippians would not have known that Paul appreciated them if he hadn't spoken it out. So speak it out. If you're missing someone, speak it out. Whether it's a letter or a text or a phone call or if you're able to get together, speak it out. Because missing people is good. And it's hard. And we need to speak it out. You know, when you're with people, you can kind of know how they're, they're feeling and they'll tell you how they feel, but when you're separated, it's hard. And wearing masks makes it even harder. I was at the commissary in front of the meat counter a couple of days ago and, and a young gal was there with her child on the back. She's looking at the meat and she's turning to look at her son behind her and she looks at me and I couldn't tell if she was waving to me or waving to her son, 
And I looked at her, and then I go, well, I can't just keep staring at her, you know? And, and then I smiled, and I go, well, she can't tell I'm smiling. I can't tell her expression, so I just turned away. Well, then I went out to the parking lot, and this van pulls up next to me, stops, rolls down the window. It's the same gal from our church. And it's like she didn't have her mask. I'm like, oh, it's you. I could, and she's smiling, and I'm smiling. And, you know, our expressions have been masked. And we need to unmask them. We need to let people know how we feel and need to speak it out. So Paul speaks it out. He writes to church. They're wondering, what is, is Paul even thinking about us? You know, he's got a lot on his mind. He's quarantined. Yes, and he writes it. He speaks it out. He loves these people. They're his dearest. They are his family. So let me read that translation to you again as I finish up the sermon. Apostle Paul, after talking about our glorious future, says, So, my dearest, and longed for family, my happiness, and my reward. So, hold your ground in the Lord dearest hold your ground I love you I miss you hold your ground will you pray with me as you're listening here I'd like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and still listen salvation starts with that big word called justification What that means is you recognize that you're not good enough for heaven. You've sinned, and you need to be forgiven. And if you recognize that and recognize that Jesus Christ died to take away your sins, to pay the penalty for your sins, if you believe that, that he rose from the grave and he conquered death, you've never placed your faith in him for your own salvation, I urge you right now, in the quietness of your own home or wherever you are, in your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, I believe what you've done for me and I ask you to come into my life and save me. If you've prayed that, he has heard your prayer and forgiven your sins. Lord, as we continue to pray, we pray for us to hold fast in this period of sanctification, that we would stand our ground that we would live as if we are the last generation before Jesus returns, and that you would help us to live well for the glory of Jesus Christ. We love you, Jesus, and we look forward to your return. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, if you accepted Jesus today, As your Savior, we would love to know about it. Would you tell us? You can go onto our website. There's a button you can click that says Accept to Christ. Let us know. We'll connect with you. Let you know what to expect and some steps. Also, kids, your Sunday school video is playing right after my benediction. And church family, it would be great to join or to have you join us next Saturday, July 4th, right in here at 5 o'clock for an in-person service. If you come, just make sure to bring your bread, uh, your grape juice in a little bottle or jar or something. And then, of course, on Sunday, we're live streaming and just have your elements prepared at home. But my church family, would you receive this benediction from our passage today? 
my brothers and sisters, as you wait for your glorious future with Jesus Christ, may you hold fast through the power of the Holy Spirit. Love you so much, church. Good to be together today. Aloha.